Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Wesley Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. You know, um, before I before I start, um, I know that that some of you are um, that if you weren't at the meeting uh, last Sunday, you're looking up and you're seeing seventy seven hundred seven thousand. Um, no, just numbers, if you don't know what what we're talking about here. And so I'm going to um, uh, just kind of briefly briefly touch on on what those numbers actually mean. You'll notice on the banners out in the in the narthex, uh, are, it says 70, and underneath that is to Christ. Uh, 700 is to church, and 7,000 is community. Today I'm going to be speaking, uh, I'll be speaking the next few weeks on these, and uh, the 7,000 I'll speak on today, which is community, which is our service hours. You might, you might look at that and go, whoo, that's a bunch of hours. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But that's to community. Um, that's why your your bulletin looks like the Sunday paper. <clears throat> um, the the seventy is something that that uh, as we get into it, you'll you'll understand. But we we are shooting for a goal of seven seven hundred um, visitors here at Trinity. Um, and last and but not least are the seventy to Christ, which are which is membership that we would like to increase over this next year. Um, folks, when I when as I as I preach on these over the next the next few weeks, you'll you'll understand uh, the importance of of each and every one of these goals. Um, I know that um, we have never had goals here at Trinity. Haven't done it. Um, never felt like apparently never felt like it was like it was uh, a necessity. But but it is. It really is, and and this is where the Lord is is leading us to <clears throat> to be, and to do, and all of it is to to His glory, and um, and so if you would open your Bibles, please, to John chapter uh, thirteen, and I'm going to start, <clears throat> excuse me, in verse twelve of John chapter John chapter thirteen. Okay, if we could stand for the reading of God's Word. <clears throat> and so when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash another's feet, one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Let's, uh, let's bow our our Heavenly Father, I, I give you thanks for who you are as our God. 
for knowing that we could come together today and, and to worship you and, and, and Lord, to, to look to you for, for the leading that, that we need. And then we open your word together. And that's where that leadership starts. You lead us, you direct us in the path of your word. And Father, we thank you so much for that. Bless this time together. Bless each heart that's here. And in all of this, we'll give you the praise and the glory that you deserve. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Please, uh, if you have your Bibles with you, leave your Bibles open. You know, when uh, every, every Sunday, uh, not every Sunday, every time we do communion, first Sunday of the month, um, um, I, I talk about, uh, uh, as I'm getting ready to bless the elements, um, I talk about Jesus in the upper room with, with his disciples. And uh, as, he's, as he's in that upper room, um, this is following the Passover meal, and after that Passover meal, he takes the bread and he blesses the bread and he breaks the bread. This is where, this is where we start. Um, actually, uh, what I'm speaking of today and what Jesus did and what we're speaking of today with the foot washing, that is also put in right in here between the Passover meal before um, Jesus took the bread. It, it was... Um, uh, um, this time in the, the upper room that there was <clears throat> a, a lot of things um, had happened there. Jesus had just finished that, that Passover meal. It, and, and now, as he was going to give them communion, these poor disciples, I, I tell you, everything that they went through that night must have left their heads spinning because they learned a lot in, in one little night of, of, of being with Jesus. And, and a busy, a busy evening, busy evening together. Um, Jesus, uh, after that Passover meal, before the communion, he, he removed his garment, he girded himself with a, with a towel, and he filled a basin full of water. And, and he came to his disciples and, and he washed, he washed their feet. Um, uh, a touching thing. Let me let me ask you this: um, How many have ever had? Don't and this doesn't count baths. How many of you have ever had your feet washed by someone? If you haven't, you're missing something. You're missing something. Maybe maybe what we need to do um, sometime is to have a foot washing service. Um, it's it's very uh, it's a very touching time. Um, it's, um, it's, it's not bad. Um, I've, ha I've had people say, you touching my feet. But, but, but the thing is, is that the feet that, that we wash, um, have, you know, are clean. Uh, generally, the feet that, that we go through this ceremony with are, are clean feet. Um, the ones that Jesus washed were not. They were dirty. Uh, they were filthy. Uh, they wore sandals. Uh, they walked on dirt roads. Um, if you ever watch the kids, when, when the kids come in from playing and, and they weren't wearing shoes, yeah, look something like that. They're, they're, uh, they're met, messy, they're dirty, they're muddy, whatever, whatever it was that they were walking through because of the dirt roads. But guys, 
you need to understand something here about Jewish about Jewish culture. Um, the, the washing of a, of another's feet was done not just by a servant, but it was done by the lowest form of a slave or or the lowest form of a servant that you could possibly have. They were the ones that washed the feet. It was it was a sign of of respect. A, a slave would would kneel um, beside beside the basin. A person would would come up and 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 the guest in your home would come up and and the and the slave would would get on their knees next to a to a basin, and that person would come up and and they'd take their their sandal off and for some reason I'm going to cramp in my leg, <laughs> and then it didn't matter you know but. And they would put their foot in there and, and they would wash their foot and then they would pull it out and they would dry their foot off and then they would put their sandal back on. Um, it's, it, it, it isn't a, um, a position of, of authority. It's not a position of greatness. It's washing somebody's feet. The feet. Um, it's, it is, it's, it shows respect to the person that that has come into your home. That's that's what it what it really means. But and and so when when you think of that, that you could have, and and if I had someone come in and I I was going to have my my lowest servant wash wash their feet, then I want you to think about this: the God who created the heavens and the earth. Jesus Christ, our, our, our God, our Lord and Savior, was the one that was doing the foot washing here. Whoa. Come on. Look at verses 6 through 9. Go ahead where, where we have read. Because this, this was, this shocked. You, you almost have to put yourself in the, in the position of, of the disciples. They, this is not something, this is not something they ever did before. You know, they come up here for this meal. They knew they were going to have the Passover meal. They didn't, they didn't see communion coming. They definitely didn't see this. And in verse 6 it says, Then he, then he came to Simon Peter, and, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you, are you washing my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And Peter said to him, you shall never, never wash my feet. And Jesus said to him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. No part with me. And then Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but, but also my hands and, and, and my head. Wash it all. Because I want, I want to have apart with you. Peter's shock. The Lord, he knew who the Lord was. He knew Jesus. He, he got the idea of the deity of Christ. And, and, and he said, you, you are not, you cannot, you can't bow yourself to the point of washing my feet. You can't do that. Jesus said, you don't get it, buddy. You don't get it, but you will. You're going to understand why we do this or why I'm doing this. 
And Peter just, not, not only my feet, wash me all, wash all of me. See, there was, there was such a lesson. And sometimes this upper room, we only think of as starting um, as that time when Jesus was with his disciples, and this is where communion started. But the disciples had already been shocked by this. They'd already had their socks knocked off. I don't know. It's, it's uh, well, they had sandals, so they didn't have socks. But, but, you know, get the idea here. Get the idea of how shocked they must have been. These, these disciples, they, they walked with Jesus for three and a half years. And, and listen, I, I know in the things that, that they went through with Jesus, there were probably so many days that, that he shocked them with the things that he did. You know, the healings, um, you know, the, the, uh, the healing of mind and soul, body that, that he did over and over. Starts it out with, with, uh, um, the wine, you know, making the wine at, at, at the wedding in Cana. And, and if the disciples could, could only imagine what was coming after that. Can you imagine for, for a moment that, that this, that this Jesus that they were following, um, from, from the boat as, as they were in a boat that day going across the northern part of the Sea of Galilee and as that storm kicked up and, and they were fearful for their lives and Jesus stood up in the boat and he said, calm the sea, calm the sea. Can you imagine what they must have thought? Can you imagine the, the, the shock and, and you know, as it says in scripture, that they, they would say to one another, who is this guy? Who is this? And, and then they watch the healings and they watch all that, that, that he does. And now here we are in this upper room and he gets on his knees, girds himself with a towel, and he starts washing. <laughs> who is this guy? Who is he? Look at verse 1, 13-1, where it says, and, and now before the feast, this is what starts it here, and now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he, would, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. You see, how many times in, in Scripture does do, do uh, Jesus would do something and and, uh, um, and and he would say, you know, maybe he would he would he would heal someone and duck out of the crowd. He would he would do something and duck out of the crowd because they wanted to find him and they wanted to kill him and and, and but but Jesus would always say, my time has not come. It's not time. My time has not come. And and now. Specifically, it says, starting in, in chapter 13, he knew his time had arrived. He was in that upper room with his disciples, and, and he knew that the time had come. He knew it. See, there, wasn't, there was no surprises coming here. Jesus knew how this was going to work. 
He, he knew he was on his way to the cross. And, and what message would he leave with his disciples? Guys, think about that. He knew his time had come. What message would he leave with his disciples? Look back at, at verse 12, where it says this. And so when he had washed their feet, Remember, they're in shock here. And so when he washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, and he looked at them, he looked at them, and he says, do you know what, I, what I've done to you? Do you know what I just did to you? you? Get it? You call me teacher and Lord. And you say, well, for so I am. That is who I am. You're right. Get this. Get the majesty here, guys. He says, if I, then your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example. I've given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Here he is. He's on his way to the cross. There's all kinds of things that Jesus could have left them with that night. And yes, things were going to get crazy, and Jesus knew where he was going. And he still had to tell them about communion, a a sacrament that we do even to today. This is something that, that was going to be taught to them but there was a lesson that he wanted them to know. And this was it. And he washed their feet. See, Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus showed perfect humility, perfect humility in serving others, in serving someone else. The Son of God, the one who created all things and nothing was made that was not made through him, got on his knees clean the dirt off their feet. Hmm. Makes it pretty tough when, when you consider yourself as being above others, doesn't it? Pretty tough. Pretty tough. You can't. You can't. You <laughs> we can never think of ourselves as being above another, as being too good for another. Or when, when the one who created all things did did that. He you know something? Being a follower in Jesus Christ, tough job. It's inconvenient. It's not it's it's not a a glamorous job. It's not. If there was anything that we learned that when Jesus walked this earth is that the glamour wasn't a part of it. It wasn't. He came as as a servant. He was here as a servant. And when he comes back, he comes back as the king. But before he became before he became that king that comes back to us, he was that servant. He was on his knees, and he was washing his disciples' feet. You know, it's 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 an amazing thing. But I I, I realize that that being being a follower. A Christ follower is is not is not convenient. 
And I, and I want you to notice that I said follower and not believer. There's a difference. There's a difference. Do you know what a follower is? A follower is a believer with commitment. That's really what, what it is. Flip over in your, in your Bibles to um, uh, 1 John 2.6. It says this. Not here. 1 John 2.6. Where it says, He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. If it's if you believe, if you follow, then then when when you follow, you walk the path that, that he walked. Um, you go to a restaurant um, and and you go to the to they, they, they have the sign there that says um, uh, please wait to be seated. And and the the waitress comes up to you and says, "Do what? Follow me." When when you follow her, you get to the place that she wants you to be. If she said, "Follow me," and she walked this way, and you went off that way, or you stood there and went, "Nice job," you're not going to get to the table that she wants you to sit at. You see, she said, "Follow me," and and this is what Jesus says. Follow me. Uh, if you're going to follow me, you have to walk as I walked. You see? A believer says that's a nice concept, but it's not my priority. Life gets in the way. I have a lot of other things that I have to do. It's not a priority. A follower says, as Christ walks, so shall I walk, because it is my priority. Jesus Christ is my priority in life. Believe me, we can do this. We can be there. We can. You see, um, we've set our goals for this year. 7,000 hours. 7,000 hours. And, And you might be sitting there going, what are you, nuts? No. I love Jesus. That's it. I, I, I just, you know, I, folks, these numbers didn't just poof. We, we sat and we talked about them and we prayed about them and we went, how, what, what whoa, how, man, what are we going to do? What do we have to do? How does this all come together? And believe it or not, we started with 5,500, 5,000. And, and it just, it hit us so hard and went, that's not enough. Well, let's go to 60, 600, 6,000. We went 666. Whoa, we can't do that. We can't, it can't be there. And so we had to go to the perfect number, the number of completeness. God's number, seven, seven, seventy, seven hundred, seven thousand. Tough. Not easy to to reach, but but with with God, don't tell me that this is impossible because it's it's not. 
But being a follower of Christ, you're going to get your hands dirty. And that's true. You, you know, you could be helping a, a new mom at the pregnancy care center or teaching a dad or teaching a father how to be a dad at the same place. Do you know they need that? They need that. You know, guys, you're, you're sitting in here, you probably never, you don't need, that's hard to even imagine. My daughter calls me daddy, still. You know, and she's 40. <laughs> but I'm still, yeah, I know, I'm really old. <laughs> but I'm still daddy. I'm not father. I'm daddy. I'm dad before I'm a father. Anybody can be a father. You know, it, it doesn't, it, it takes, it takes nothing, to, well, it does take something, but to be a father, but to be a dad, that's different. That's different. Helping someone to not be homeless, that's what the, that's what the, the Samaritan Project is about. I mean, it, this stuff is in your bulletin. Reading to the elderly, um, at, at, at Westbrook, Reading their mail, reading the story, reading the Bible, being there and talking with them, letting them know that they're not forgotten. Helping to fill food boxes at at Chancy Road so that people can eat. Um, Driving, I don't know if you say it's in your bulletin too, driving Miss Daisy. You know how many people here that want to be here and can't be here because they got no way to church? They need to go to a doctor and they can't get to the doctor because there's nobody to take them to the doctor. And, and all they need is someone to take them. That's, <coughs> that's, all, it, that's all it really takes. It's, it's a willingness. Um, folks, this is where my heart's at. I know this is where we need to be. I uh, back when uh, back in, when when Shirley and I were, were were young, well we're still young, aren't we, honey? Um, back when we lived in New York, so we're looking at, at uh, over over thirty a long time. <laughs> um, Back when, when, when we were in New York, this was over 30 years ago, um, I, uh, I wasn't in the ministry. I, I had another job, and, and, uh, but I worked two jobs. We had, we had four kids, um, and we used to kind of laugh about it, but we would say, um, we're, so, we're so broke we can't pay attention. You know, that's, that's you know, and I took a second job as a, a school bus driver. <sighs> but you know, I, I uh, actually I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I liked the kids. Um, and and one day I, I had finished my job that day, and I went and I drove bus. And it was it was in the winter, and I left um, I left the bus garage and drove home. I drive about nine miles, I think, back to back to Verysburg. That's where we lived, was in Verysburg. And and uh, it was snowing 
it was one of those beautiful snows and the plows hadn't been out and the roads were getting, they were getting covered. Um, there wasn't a storm, nothing like that, but it had been snowing for a while. And, and uh, I got about, about uh, yeah, three miles from home and I ran out of gas. Folks, um, uh, we, had, we had nothing. There was nothing I could pull in and pull out of my wallet that was going to put gas in my car. And I, and I remember getting out of my car on, on that road and just sta- standing next to my car going, well, brainchild, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do? And I had no answers. I had no answers. And so I started to walk. And uh, I got half a mile down the road and, and some guy stopped and and he had seen the car on the side of the road, and so he picked me up and took me the rest of the way home. Um, and I remember walking into the house and, and uh, just, you know, saying, I, I, I don't know what we're doing. I don't know. Um, and then, but, you know, here's, here's the thing, guys. Um, that night, Shirley's mom and dad stopped over, and they brought groceries. Um, took me down and put a gallon of gas in a, in a can, took me back to get the car, and then drove the car to the garage and they put, put gas in the car. Um, I, had a, I had family. We had family. Um, there's a lot of people out there. When that happens to them, they, they got nothing. There is no family fall back on. And I remember how desperate um, you know, if I didn't have family, what would I have done? You know, I can pretty much tell you I probably would have gone to the store and rather than people be, be hungry, I would have ripped something off. I would have done that. Because I just, I, I didn't know what to do. I was working. Uh, but it wasn't good enough. But the point is, is that I had my family there. Shirley's family, my family, they kind of got us through that, that time. But there's a lot of people today that, that that's, that's not an option. When, when this happens to them, and it does happen to them, they're, they're, they're out of luck. There's no place to go. And, and so, I, you know, I, I have a, a heart for, for people that, that are hurting. I have a heart for, for people that, that have, have a need, and, and I know that we're capable of, of, of helping them. And, and I'm not looking for, for us to do the big handout or nothing else. There was no, there was no better face to see than, than my in-laws walking through the door that day. No better face. And that's who we are. When, when someone comes and, and there's places that we can go and there's places, people that we can help and, and, and all that, and it's not, it's not all about the money. It's about the face. You see, when people talk about the face of Jesus, they're talking about the face that you have that radiates Jesus Christ from it. That when you reach out and when you give them 
the, the word that they need to hear, the face that they need to see, the, the, the gesture that, that they so need. They look at you and they say, I knew there was a God. Does, does it mean that everyone that we come in contact with, you know, comes back to church or does whatever? Oh. But you see, God is faithful. And when we're faithful to Him and when we do the things that we need to do, you can't outgive Him. You can't outgive Him. He got on His knees. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you as, as a congregation to be committed Christ followers. To give as, as he gave. You know, you might, you might say, uh, hey, <laughs> you guys, um, I've got a service hours thing in my bulletin. How many hours are you are you putting towards this? You've got you've got a, a, a an interest um, a mission interest thing in in my bulletin. You gave me a a pledge card when I came in in the door. Um, what what more do you want? What more do you want? The bloodmobile will be here in just a couple of minutes, and I, and I'll show I'll tell you about that, but. <laughs> I'm going to read you one, one more scripture. Um, and it's something that the world will not understand. They will not understand this. They do not understand this. Or they don't believe in it at all. Me, with all of my heart, with all of my heart, with every fiber that, that, that puts me up here in front of you, I, I believe what this last scripture that I'm going to give you is all about. It has to do not only with, with your, your pledging, your giving here. As folks you know, the, the budget's no, no, no joke. We do. We have to keep the, the, the doors open to be who we're supposed to be. But, but stewardship goes even much farther than that. It goes with who we are in this community and, and the reaching out to people in this community, making a difference, making a difference. And that's what we can do. And so I'd ask that you would turn to, uh, to Malachi. Malachi 3.10. Ah, there it is. I love this. Where it says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And, and, and the Lord says it. Listen to how he says this. Don't you do that. And he says, and try me now on this. You try me on this. <laughs> says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Now, give. Do what I ask you to do. And if you do, folks, you can't outgive me. Trust me on this. Trust me. That's, that's not, 
That's not Pastor Dave saying that. That's God saying that. Trust me on this. And I'll open up the windows of heaven. I'll open the windows of heaven. And you don't have the room to receive all that I'm going to give you. That's the God we serve. What we need to be, what we need to be is faithful. Faithful, faithful Christ followers. And the blessings that, that come back to us um, will be beyond anything that we can imagine. Let's, let's pray. Our gracious Lord, you are such a good and amazing God. And, and Lord, it's, it's difficult sometimes when, when we look at, at, at our own lives and when we say, I can help. I can reach out. I can do these things. I'll, I'll fit it into my schedule somehow. I'll, I'll do that. But Lord, to know that, that sometimes we feel that, that what we give, that, that we might never see a, a return for the efforts that we give, for the money that we give, for the tithes that we give. But Lord, I ask that you as our God would touch each heart that's here to know that, that what we do, we don't do under our own power, that, that we do for you. That you have called us to this and that we as, as your people will be faithful. And to know that that we have to be faithful, we have to reach out, we have to do these things, because this is what you've called us to do. Lord, I can back it up in Scripture that, that we can't outgive you, and that whatever we do, you return to us in so much more ways than, than we could even imagine. To open the heavens of, or the windows of heaven, what an awesome way to say. Lord, that's, that's, those are your words. They're not mine. And I trust, and we trust, in, in who you are as our God and in the word that you have given us. So, Father, bless these hearts. Bless the hearts of these people. Be with them as, as only you could. Comfort them as only you can. The assurances that we need and what we step out to do as a church. And in all of this, you'll be glorified as we walk in your path, as we walk as you walked, you as our God will be glorified. And I pray this in your precious name. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.